When it comes to buying a pre-owned vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. With one of the largest selections of pre-owned vehicles in the Tampa Bay area, we have options for every situation and budget. And every vehicle comes equipped with Moss Care, which gives you added peace of mind and features and benefits such as lifetime oil changes, roadside assistance, and so much more. Visit us today and let one of our knowledgeable team members give you all the information you need to make an informed car buying decision. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. As we say hello to our podcast side, thank you for coming on in, and we wait for the literal Bill WD-40 to enter the chat room to lube us up for tonight's show because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. Yes, you do. Jessica S. Adam Robbins, nice to have you here. Hi, Y Native. Magnus, how you doing? And Chrono Trigger, good to see you. Moon Freedom, thanks for coming on in. Noble Patrick, it's been a few days. Nice to have you back. Random Gee. I'm wearing my Random Gee t-shirt tonight, too. And thank you for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so thank you. Mr. Cowley, Nancy Thames, Javier from Cryptid559, good to see you all. Uh, Canna Chef Chris, thank you for joining us. Jacqueline Hamel, welcome to SOR Chat. Corruption Czar, good to see you. And let's see here, Knight Rider. Thank you for coming on in. Two heads, always better than one. Luscious Jewels, nice to see you. Bobbert, good to have you here. Horns up, let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on Patreon for the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a fantastic show of monster talk tonight as Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com joins us for the spooky Halloween special. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton is here with another spooky story from Among the Missing, and Tim Senor rounds things out with the UFO report. It is that time of the month where we say hello to our good friend, Lon Strickler, from phantomsandmonsters.com. He's an accomplished researcher, an accomplished author, where you can find all of his amazing books on Amazon and on his website, once again, phantomsandmonsters.com. And tonight, because it's Halloween, 
Lon is going to join us and tell us some very spooky stories, not only about what is hiding in his beard at this time of year, but the monsters that are being sighted around us. It is always a good time to have Lon Strickler back on Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, my friend? Good to see you. I'm doing well, Dave. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here as well, my man. And it's been a very busy fall for you as the weirdness continues with all of these strange monster sightings from the forests of, of the east to the forests of the west and north and south. Weird stuff flying in the sky. Lot it just isn't ending here. It's been busy. I, um, in particular, the around this area. I mean, I live in Pennsylvania, but I'm not far from Maryland. I'm just a dozen miles north of the border. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've been getting reports of, uh, cryptid canines down in Maryland, uh, pretty regularly now for the, I mean, during the, since, you know, fall started, um, one more recent, but they've all, the, the three that we have been looking into all happened within the last two years. And, of course, we're still working on that case in Cecil County, Maryland, where we've got UFO and cryptid uh, activity as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty busy, more busy than normal. Is that normal around Halloween that people start seeing more and more out there? Not really. Not from what I can tell. Um, not around here, anyway. I mean, uh, of course, you're going you're to get people that'll, you know, I don't know. I, you know, does does is the uh, is the sense of the paranormal more heightened this time of year? I guess some instances it is. Um, but no, I, it's not really. It's hard to tell. I mean, it is hard to tell. But you no know, fall. I usually do pick up around fall. Uh, you know, the heat and everything is kind of waning off and we're getting a change of seasons and and people are have a bit more free time and they're up, up and about and uh, they're they're running into things. And uh, that's when we get our reports. So, yeah, it's uh, and I think all in all, it's not really much difference. Is it mainly because, you know, at this time of year. I know in my area, Lon, it's hunting season. It's been hunting mm-hmm. season since, you know, early mid-December or September, pardon me. You know, we're almost a month and a half into this or well over a month and a half into this. The animals are moving. They're starting to rut. They are starting to become very active. Would this not make the creatures a little bit more active as well? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. I mean, it's 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 mostly upland game right now around this area in particular, but in the colder areas and up in Canada, yeah, it's it's picking up for for big game. Um, and of course, you are going to stir things up. I, I think as far as uh, large cryptids and, and uh, people tramps around the woods, you're kind of messing with their uh, their food. So <laughs> I think. I think you do get a bit more response this this time of year, but um, yeah, a big game around here doesn't pick up, doesn't really start in, for another month yet. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I'm quite sure it's going to pick up soon here again. I mean, it's going to kind of raise itself up a little bit more around here. Yeah, I can totally see that, my man. 
I can totally, totally see that. And, and it doesn't, uh, I'll be honest, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all that something to do with the, the wildlife gaming, moving around and, and getting comfortable for winter, putting on their winter coats, the rutting season that uh, sends all deer, elk, moose into haywire areas of, of not really worrying about predators, but worrying about, you know, sowing the seeds of love, if you know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, yeah. I mean does this not say that these creatures, whether it's Dogman, whether it's Bigfoot or any other cryptid creature out there, needs to follow the food cycle as a predatory creature. Even though it may not be an animal, at least it's following the predatory way that apex predators do. Well, they do stick around the game trails. I mean, it's pretty apparent. Normally, when when I get sighting reports... Uh, when hunting season opens up, for generally, uh, they're around areas where there's a there's a lot of game game activity. Um, even along the Appalachian Trail and other other well known hiking areas, it picks up as well. So um, now, why that happens, I, I really don't know. But I, I know in the Appalachians and. Um, and uh, up and down the Appalachian Trail and in the mountains, it, it does pick up there as well. So, um, you know, it's kind of the high areas more so in the going into the fall, into the winter, as opposed to the spring when people are out, uh, and especially around here where they're out trout fishing and uh, they're in the woods and, and things are starting to green up a bit. That's when we get a lot of sightings around here as well. You mentioned uh, an uptick in bipedal canine sightings, and of course, yeah. this was uh, what Butch Witkowski was always up to fighting. And for you, and let, let's explain to our audience here for a second. You believe there is a big difference between bipedal canines and what we know as a dog man. I, I think there are some distinctions. Um, the upright canines, the bipedal canines. You know, I, I think they're, you know, for the most part, different than what we consider a dog man or what I can, uh, I see and what I get are some type of quadruped. Now, of course, they, they aren't your normal canine quadruped. I mean, many of these, um, these beings are very muscular. They have humanoid aspects to them, though they are quadruped. Uh Around here, especially in this part of the country, we get a lot of sightings that, which you can classify as looking much like a hyena. Uh, really big. I mean, very large, sloping back. A lot of times it has the spotted markings, even though the head looks very much like that of a wolf. But they're very well maned, uh, and they're very intelligent. And... Uh, but, you know, just like the upright canines, they, they hold their ground. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of, Butch and I both kind of put it into a distinctive set. I mean, uh, calling the dogmen as quadrupeds and the uprights as uh, bipeds. I get that. And what do you think has, has led to this uptick in sightings uh, over the recent time here? I don't know. You know, it's it, it's unusual. 
I mean, if Butch Beer was around here, he'd be going nuts. Uh, <laughs> but the sightings that we've been getting down in Maryland in particular, and look, it's an area, uh, the Piedmont, well, the western Piedmont into the mountains of Maryland is well known for what they call dwellers. It's just another name. It's a traditional name for uh, for bipedal canines. And uh, it, it's got a history ever since a lot of the uh, the old Pennsylvania Dutch or, or German Dutch uh, farmers, when after they had moved in, and settled into Pennsylvania, a lot of them started moving into Maryland. And they continued to move into Maryland. And what they were seeing were these werewolf-like creatures that came, you know, kind of matched the lore from the old country. But the, how the name Dwayo came about, we don't really know. It comes in all different spellings. and uh, But that's where it started at. And um, especially back in the 60s and 70s in western Pennsylvania, I mean, excuse me, western Maryland, the uh, the sightings did pick up um, – and there was there was several well known sightings in in Frederick County, parts of Washington County, and and such. But um, for whatever reason, it it's starting to pick up again. Now, why that's going on, I don't know. Is it the urban sprawl? I, it may very well be. I mean, a lot of these areas that used to be primarily farmland are being you know being built up, and uh, I, I think there's a possibility that. Uh, there's some encroachment, but you know the eastern part of the United States is is really been strange overall for the past 20, 30 years. Uh, there's more there's more wildlife that was more indigenous to west of the Mississippi moving into the eastern part of the country. Coyotes, for example, uh, we're getting more uh, big cat sightings. Um, black bear are moving further east. Uh, they're coming out of the mountains year-round now. Just like, if, for instance, I live very near Gettysburg. There yeah. have been four reports of black bear inside Gettysburg this past year. Okay. And that, that just never happens. Um, and, of course, as you go a little further east along the Susquehanna River down into uh, the Chesapeake, there have been black black bear sightings fairly regularly there, and of course we're doing we are working on an investigation on, on the uh, on the eastern side of the Susquehanna River before it empties into the Chesapeake of a farm. And we talked about it the last time I was on where there's some cryptid activity going on, and we just don't really know why that's going on. Uh, but I the fact that the black bear and some of the in the coyote and some of the big cats are are moving eastwards. May have something to do with it. You know, we there's a lot of food around here for, for these creatures. Um, you know, I used to do a lot of hunting when I was younger, but the the deer population, the white-tailed deer population in the eastern part of the United States, has just exploded the past 20, 30 years, and. Uh, I mean, the availability of uh, big game is much bigger than it used to be. And uh, now I don't know if it has anything to do with there being less hunters out there. That may very well have something to do with it. But, you know, when I do talk to game people kind of off record, when I talk to the commission people, they acknowledge it. 
they they know there are things going on. People are seeing things. They're seeing it as well. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of an exciting time, I believe, for cryptids and other activity um, on the east. So um, we'll see where it goes. But of course, like I said, we're it, it's been getting busy here. What are people seeing? Well, for the most part, what they're seeing are uh, biped uh, canines, six or seven foot in height, very muscular, uh, thick-chested, very thin waist, uh, very muscular legs with hocked legs like that of a regular canine, but they're able to move very, very swiftly uh, as bipeds. People see them running and such, and... uh, uh, in some cases, they they do get close enough to where the witnesses get a very good look at them. But there have been some supernatural aspects to them as well. In one particular, we had one sighting that we're working on that happened recently uh, between Hagerstown and Antietam Battlefield down in uh, down in Central Maryland uh, or West Central Maryland, and um, that was being watched by a couple who were driving south out of Hagerstown, and they saw the thing and then it suddenly disappeared. They did see it for a good while. And, um, but yeah, we had a, we had an upright canine sighting past year and a half, uh, just south of Gettysburg into Maryland, not far from Camp David, actually about two and a half miles as the crew flies from Camp David. That's a little close. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's um, – but these are traditional areas where they have been sighted over the years. So the fact that they're showing up again or are they, are they always been here or are people just seeing them now or they make themselves known, it, that's hard to tell. We really don't know. Are they aggressive? Do they seem to attack people? Well, there, there was just one – and I talked to you about before the show. I had a um, – a Baltimore City police officer who's a, who was a detective, actually, and he owned a home in uh, Howard County, Maryland, in southern Howard County, Maryland, and well, he still lives there. And he had uh, he had an intrusion into his home of an upright canine. Um, he, now, he's, he, he was kind of sketchy on the information because he doesn't want to really getting out there as far as, you know, so people could figure out who he was. And he, the actual location, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say much about it, you know, because of him. But uh, no, this thing literally came into his house. He heard he was in his study. He was working on a case one night, and um, he heard something out on the patio outside the kitchen, the back of the house, and it it it, it disturbed him that much. That he well, he didn't know what it was, but he heard the growling and such. He pulled his gun, his, his service revolver, or service weapon, one revolver, and uh, he walked slowly down the hallway into the kitchen. And he heard it outside. He he took a peek out the out the door, and he saw this this six foot tall upright canine out there. Didn't know what it was. Uh, quickly d- closed the door, backed away, and this thing busted through. And. Uh, he went back into his study, figuring, trying to figure out what he was going to do while this thing was in the kitchen, and subsequently went into the dining room and just tore the place apart. Um, 
he, he did share some photographs of the damage afterwards with me. And uh, it was so bad that the counters in the kitchen and the dining room table had to be replaced because of the real deep gashes and, you know, from claw marks. A lot of, uh, a lot of damage, a lot of uh, dishes, dishware and such were, um, were destroyed. And, but that doesn't usually happen. Now, for why this thing did that, was it a territorial thing? I don't know. So, um, of course, this happened two years ago, but he, he told me he believes it's, I mean, the creature's still around. And it, it's, he, he lives right up against a uh, preserve area. And um, I went down there two weeks ago, and, and you know, it was, the weather wasn't great, but I was, I was out there looking around trying to find evidence, and I really couldn't find anything. But I think the guy's telling me the truth. I mean, of course, the pictures kind of proved it. Uh, it was definitely something with some very, very serious claws that did a number on his counters and, and, and dining room table. So, But like I said, that's very unusual. Um, and I'm in the process now of trying to get more witnesses, see if I can find witnesses down there to um, – to contact me or to inter- let me interview them, see if there's anything else been going on. Other witnesses have been citing things. So, you know, if that area of the state uh, is starting to see more and more activity of these creatures, well, then that's something new because that Piedmont is not normally a very uh, well-known area for uh, cryptic canine activity. we got three minutes to go. Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com here with us tonight on the big show. And Lon, I'm curious regarding these creatures that are being found. I remember uh, Butch always telling us about these bipedal canines almost being telepathic to people. Have have you heard mm-hmm. that as well? Yeah, I mean, we've got examples where they uh, they seem to have this this ability to the five-star review it's as important to contractors as it is to customers service titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more take it from the guys at rainforest plumbing and air the best customer experience we can provide at rainforest plumbing and air might be helping our customers afford what they need yeah with service titan we can build financing options even for zero percent interest right into the proposal and the application takes like five minutes it's crazy how convenient that is Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. ServiceTitan.com. Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family, and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state-of-the-art service facility, factory trained technicians, we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with our extended service hours, our pickup and drop-off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. To, um, you know, some people call it mind speak. Some people call it some type of ESP ability to where it um, 
can warn someone approaching them. Uh, I have talked to hunters who have had encounters where they literally would be armed and they would just drop, you know, lower their weapons and back away because though this thing wasn't aggressive, it stood its ground and, and seemed to conduct in mind speak with them. So, uh, yeah, Butch just, just talked to those witnesses as well. So it, it does seem to be um, it does seem to be a thing. And of course, as far as when we're talking about Bigfoot, you know, this this whole supernatural aspect of Bigfoot with the mind speak is, is somewhat well known. Uh, happens to a lot of witnesses. So, um, yeah, they, they are aggressive for the most part. Mm-hmm. But they do stand their ground, and they, they seem to try to quell any type of confrontation. One of the things that, that Butch had always said about these bipedal <clears throat> canines is is that they push you to the point uh, where you fear they're going to attack, and then something happens where they run off and they disappear and uh, you usually left with a growl or a howl or something to put a chill down your spine. Is that still happening today? Yeah, that's, that's normally what happens. Um, when, when they are confronted or are seen, they kind of they kind of do a bluff charge thing, you know, kind of where they, they take a couple steps forward. And then when they get a reaction, then they, they take off, they back off. Um, that seems to be par for the course. And I, I've, I've run into that with witnesses on several occasions. Uh, but that's kind of the extent of where it goes. I mean, this whole home intrusion thing with this police officer, that's just not the norm. Uh, so um, we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, if this thing is still in the area, it'll be interesting to see if it shows itself again. That's very true. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Lon, but I just don't really want to run into one of these things. You know, I'll take a Sasquatch over this anytime. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too thrilled about having a confrontation with a gripped canine of any kind. Yeah, no kidding. Lon Strickler, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, one half hour through with Lon Strickler on Strange Days and our Halloween haunting stories that come along with Lon. You can find any of his books by going to phantomsandmonsters.com or looking on Amazon. And Lon joins us at this time each month to hang out with us in our little segment we call Strange Days. We will be back with more jolting spooky stories with Lon Strickler right after this. There we go, buddy. First half hour done. That was quick. Yep. The question is, did Sam Sheeran wear his top hat on Coast to Coast? I don't know. I mean, of course, you're not on TV, but I know it was nearby. I still would have. That's just me. I still would have. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hey, sometimes you got to do it. It's good to see Sam's in there. He was on coast, like I said. He uh, he got some he got some good exposure last night because they were they took a lot of his artwork and put it up onto the website today. 
So uh, I'm hoping he's uh, gaining some some business as a result. Hell of a guy. I mean, most of what I got back here is from Sam. So he tried drawing my beard. It was the first thing. Did that, he? Yeah, it was the first thing that ever ever stumped him. Yeah, well, I I don't know what a cryptid me would look like, but I'm kind of afraid to even think about it. Oh, be gorgeous. It would be gorgeous. Tantalizing. So I'm taking my father out in the forest tomorrow. I took tomorrow Mm -hmm. off. Are you going up to the area? Uh, I might go up to the area. And uh, see what's going on there. Uh, my dad isn't a big believer. Like, he supports me with what I do, but he's not a big believer. Um, and the main reason why is it, if he did believe, it would scare the living daylights out of him. And <laughs> lo- long story short, he has uh, never seen a moose, like a, a bull moose. So tomorrow morning, I'm taking him out in the forest for a few hours to go see if we can find some mushrooms, number one. and Not the wacky kind, but uh, wild mushrooms that you can eat. And, yeah. uh, and to see if we can find a bull moose. So I don't know if we'll be yeah, able to, I, but we'll see. I never encountered a bull moose. I encountered a, a female moose. Uh, that was too close for comfort, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, people who had, people who have never seen one of those things have no idea how big they are. They're massive. I, I mean, they're just, they're just, they're massive. Like you look at a female. And they get scary too. Yeah. You look at a female moose and you're like, what's there to be scared about? Cause they're just tall and lanky, mm-hmm. like a basketball player. And then all mm-hmm. the, all of a sudden you see a bull moose. With with the antlers, and the and immediately they jump from about say a thousand you know eight hundred pounds for a, a female moose to like twelve fifteen hundred two thousand pounds, and uh, they can't see worth crap, but their noses are ex- are are excellent, and they uh, you know I've seen two. I've seen, and the only two I saw were within two hours of it. No, pardon me, I, that's a lie. I've seen four now. Um, last mm-hmm. last year, we saw this big bastard. Holy cow, was he massive! I um, I I used to go up to Canada and do a lot of fly fishing. Yeah, steelhead fishing, trout fishing, and uh, back in '77, I was up in Algonquin. Yeah, up uh, the provincial park up in Ontario, and uh, we were out in in the shallows out there fly fishing. Uh, and um, this it was cattail. I mean, it was full of cattails in there, and this thing came through the cattails on me. She got about ten foot away from me. Yeah, and I saw this head come, this big head come through the cattails, and I, I it just freaked me out. Oh yeah, dude. But uh. Oh yeah, this is uh, the big guy I saw last year. Okay, it looks like he is laying down on the road. He is standing. 
Well, you know, yeah, he's big. That's that's about fifteen hundred pounds right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, my uh, my uncle used to go up to New Brunswick and used to go hunting for moose every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got one one year when I was younger. Oh my god, I couldn't believe how big that thing was. Oh yeah. So yeah, they're huge. They're huge animals. Okay, big thank you tonight to Random Guy and Louie for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love. You can also join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is below on our YouTube channel. Here we go with the second half hour. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Lon Strickler is here for our Halloween edition of Strange Days, where we hang on out and talk about the monsters that are among us. Phantomsandmonsters.com are his website, and you can also get any of his books on his website or on Amazon. Lon, always a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's always great to be here with you, Dave. All right. We have some reports here that you wanted to go through. I mean, you were talking about uh, these bipedal canines going around near Camp David. Isn't that a little scary, considering that that's the president's private campground of private residence there's all sorts of security and cameras around there what do we know about this one well this this guy was um he he lived in frederick maryland but he was working up in gettysburg and he was driving the five-star review it's as important to contractors as it is to customers service titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more take it from the guys at rainforest plumbing and air the best customer experience we can provide at rainforest plumbing and air might be helping our customers afford what they need yeah with service titan we can build financing options even for zero percent interest right into the proposal and the application takes like five minutes it's crazy how convenient that is service titan helps contractors in plumbing HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With ServiceTitan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at ServiceTitan.com. That's ServiceTitan.com. ServiceTitan.com. When it comes to buying a pre-owned vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. With one of the largest selections of pre-owned vehicles in the Tampa Bay area, we have options for every situation and budget. 
and every vehicle comes equipped with Moss Care, which gives you added peace of mind and features and benefits such as lifetime oil changes, roadside assistance, and so much more. Business today and let one of our knowledgeable team members give you all the information you need to make an informed car buying decision. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. Back on Route 15, uh, it was between Emmitsburg and Thermont for people who know the area. And it, it's not far from Catoctin State Park, Cunningham Falls State Park, where, um, where Camp David was located. At. It's an area I, I know well because I used to do a lot of I used to do a lot of fly fishing up there. And uh, it was it was October 2019, and um, he was driving home at night from work, and he approached an area which. Is no, I mean, it's the area is Little Owens Creek. Um, it runs underneath Route 15. But he saw it out of the corner of his eye on the right side as he's heading south. And um, as it approached the road, he hit the brakes and was actually sitting, sitting on the highway. And he said he saw this large creature on two legs standing by the side of the road, very clear night, got a good look at it. And he said it looked like a hybrid between a man and a wolf, dark fur, long snout, pointed ears, bright yellow eyes, which he could see from the car, uh, muscular arms, legs, long claws, and uh, but he couldn't see the feet. He said it was six to seven foot in height, and he had a very long tail, which was swaying back and forth very slowly. And he said as he sat there watching this thing, it, it literally was staring at him. And as it did, it let out a loud, terrifying howl. He said that reverberated throughout the car. So um, he, he said it was like, you know, instant panic, surge of fear went through him. And he said it took a step towards him and then another. So this, this, is, this is the kind of activity a lot of people see. Uh, this wasn't necessarily a bluff charge, but it, it kind of, it kind of held its ground and took that step forward. And he said the, the, the expression on his face was that of anger. He said uh, he was practically paralyzed with fear. And it, it took a few more steps closer. And then he noticed bright lights were behind him. And he heard the sound of a horn blaring. Uh, another driver had slowed up and, uh, then went to he drove to his left and passed him. And he said the he watched the creature as this was going on. He said the creature noticed the light in the horn and started watching the other vehicle. Now I don't know if the other person saw it or not. Uh, he said when that happened, he said I quickly hit my accelerator and sped home. Um, he didn't call. He didn't call anybody. Uh, he didn't call police or anything. When he got home, his wife could tell he was upset by what he saw. Uh, and she begged him not to call anybody. So uh, I, I don't know how many people he told beyond what he told me. But uh, he was very sincere. Now, th this this area where he was at, and I do have some pictures on the website, it is like two and a half, three miles as the crow flies from Camp David. And it is an area where there's there's a lot of government activity. And, of course, you go further north, you're up into Raven Rock, which people call the underground Pentagon. It's in that area. 
And as you go further south, you get into other areas before you, um, you know, get closer to D.C. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's an area, Frederick County, like I said before, has a history of what people call dwellers. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, but the fact that we're getting these sightings now, and this one in particular, then others following that, uh, it, it's interesting. All right, let's move on to another one here because I know you have a bunch that are with us that apparently, I mean, this cryptid report is just, I, it's weird. This, this home invasion by a dogman or bipedal canine? Let me read this for our audience here to give them a little picture. Then sure. We'll, then we'll uh, uh, give your, get your context in it. It says, I was a Baltimore Police Department detective, and at the time in early 2021, I worked directly out of the northern district in the city. One On the night in question, I was in my office at home late at night in suburban Howard County, Maryland. I live alone. I often would find myself unable to sleep at night, so I would head to my office to work. That particular night, I was going through a case file I was working on. Then I heard an unusual sound. It was just different enough from anything I was used to hearing around the house that it caught my attention, not to mention it was around 2 o'clock in the morning. It sounded like something heavy was hitting the ground. It was coming from the yard behind the house. I stood up and I cocked my head to the side to try and pinpoint the exact location. But as I listened closer, I realized that it sounded like it might actually be much closer to the house, like right outside the kitchen in the back. I stepped away from my desk and I moved towards my office door. My office was just down the hall from the kitchen, so I opened the door slowly and stepped out to investigate. But first I listened again to make sure I was correct on the direction it was coming from. Sure enough, I heard it again from the area outside the kitchen. I started to make my way down the hall, and as I got closer, the noise got louder. I reached to the kitchen, and I looked towards the door. The noise had gone silent. Almost like whatever was making the noise I was listening to knew I was listening to it. I slowly and very quietly opened the door to the outside. When I did, I was shocked at what I was looking at. Standing on the patio, moving around and making noise was a creature, unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was about seven feet tall and totally covered in black and reddish-brown fur. It had a long snout with teeth protruding at odd angles. The creature turned towards me when the door opened, almost like it instinctively knew I was there. I was totally quiet when I opened the door. The creature quickly focused on me and lunged towards me, hissing. I quickly stepped back inside and shut the door. I had to think fast and determine a suitable plan of action. I decided to head back to my office, where I hoped to watch it undetected from my office window. I proceeded to look through the window, but it wasn't long before I heard the sounds of the creature breaking into the house through the kitchen door. I pulled out my gun and aimed it down the hall. As I slowly opened the office door, I could hear but not see the creature in the kitchen. I listened as it was moving around with a lot of force and stepping heavily onto the wood floor. I could also hear it snorting as it moved about. It sounded like something out of a horror film. I thought 
that if I just stayed quiet, it might leave, which would have been the optimal outcome. I listened for it a while while it moved back in the kitchen, and then I heard it go into the dining room. I could hear glass breaking and furniture being shoved around. It seemed to be completely very angry. I finally opened my office door all the way and stepped out completely into the hallway. I slowly walked towards the dining room with my gun still raised. As soon as I got close, I peeked my head around the corner. It turned its head towards me and it instantly started to growl. It had an angry look on its face with a human-like expression. I sensed that it wanted to tear me apart right there, but instead of rushing and attacking me, it suddenly went silent again. It quickly rushed back to the kitchen and hurled itself out the back door. I didn't know what to think at that point. On one hand, I was relieved that it left, but at the same time, I somehow felt concerned that it may return at some point. I decided then and there that I would find out more about this creature. My confusion and fear turned into anger. I wanted to know who or what this thing was and why it had come into my house. I've done a lot of research, mainly online, but it's been difficult to find anything that's really matched what happened. I wonder why it came into the house and what it was looking for. The other descriptions online were generally similar. It was bipedal, with pointed ears, large yellow-tinged eyes, and canine-like teeth. It also had a very pungent sulfur-like odor that I could still smell in my memory. My research led to your blog, Lon, and my contacting you. I have many questions and would like to talk. I still live in the same house, but I currently work for another local law enforcement department. I have not seen the creature since that night, but I instinctively know that it still roams my area. I wish to remain completely anonymous and discreet about my encounter. Lon, I don't know about you, okay, but every goosebump on my body is standing up right now. I can feel this guy's angst, his anger, his fear. This is an amazing story and encounter. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a pretty um, profound encounter. Um, um, of course, him being a cop, I keep confidential. And in fact, uh, he insisted on reading my report before I submitted it to the blog. But uh, I was able to go down there two weeks ago. And uh, I did meet him. I talked to him. I did inspect the area. And I did look at the photographs that he took afterwards. And, yeah, I believe I believe it. I mean, he wouldn't have tore his kitchen up <laughs> like that on purpose, I wouldn't believe. Uh, but for whatever reason, now this was what? This was back in 2021. So it's, it's a little over two years ago. Uh, but, yeah, it's a very profound encounter and in fact uh my bigfoot encounter was approximately 10 miles south of it the five-star review it's as important to contractors as it is to customers service titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. 
From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com. Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family, and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state-of-the-art service facility, factory trained technicians, we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with our extended service hours, our pickup and drop-off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. Location. Why do you think that creature went inside? Why did it go inside? We rarely hear about these creatures actually making their way into the home. I don't know. I don't know. And the fact that the creature had... I, I, I had, don't know. Um, I don't know if it felt threatened. And it, it's strange. It, it's... That, you kind of cut out on me, Dave. I hear yeah, you. yeah, you cut out yeah. as well. But it's strange because these creatures seem to always get so close, but never into that personal aspect, it not, never into that personal space. And yet here we are with this creature literally tearing up this guy's house from inside. I mean, that is just so abnormal. Yeah, it it doesn't happen. It really doesn't. Um, I don't know why it did that. Uh, I, I don't know what sparked it. Uh, I don't know if it was a territorial thing. Uh, I don't know if it was the fact that he did see it and it kind of surprised him and he kind of retaliated because of that. But the fact that he did intrude into the house um, makes one wonder if he'd do something else. Now, I've been, I, you know, I'm, I'm keeping a, a tight lookout in that area uh, to see if anything else is coming up. I don't necessarily want to go to the local law enforcement and find out they're getting reports, but at some point I may very well kind of do it kind of uh, covertly and <laughs> see if there anything was, you know, was reported. But uh, I, I am in contact with one of the people involved with the preserve area uh, it's Patuxent. Um, it's outside of Clark's, Clarksville, Penn, uh, Clarksville, Maryland, for people who know the area. But the uh, it's Patuxent Preserve, and uh, it, it's kind of a community thing, and it's got a lot of walking areas and parks and such and hiking. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what people, if people are seeing it or, or there's been other evidence coming about. But um, hopefully, hopefully we will get some more evidence. What stands out for you about this case? Oh, and the obvious, why it came in house. I mean, I, you just don't hear that. And you just don't hear them being aggressive at all. Uh, they normally try to keep a low profile uh, and try to keep from going into areas where they don't know from what we can tell or what I have, you know, gathered from other reports. 
And the fact that this thing busted into that house, not knowing what was going to happen to it, that, that, that something sparked it. And, you know, that's what I want to find out. Uh, but no, it's very unusual. I've only ever had one person uh, be chased by one of these things. Uh, that happened not far from me up in uh, Michaud State Forest, uh, just west of Gettysburg, where a woman and her, and her husband were staying in, in an area called Dead Woman's Hollow, as a matter of fact. That was the name of the area. It's, it, they got a lot of cabins and stuff around there. And uh, they heard something at night. And uh, they didn't know what it was. She went out in the morning to do something. And this thing jumped out of the bushes and uh, chased her back into the cabin. So that's about as aggressive as it gets. What scared me about this case in just, you know, listening to you uh, and listening to this report was that the man being armed the way he was, this creature, it didn't seem to phase him or it or whatever it may be, that that it was almost trying to provoke action by this police officer who was off-duty in his own home. Does the story, that that's question number one in regards to the fact the gentleman was armed and your thoughts on that, why he didn't pull the trigger. Let's start there. Well, I asked him that. I said, you know, if you've got a clear look at this thing, why don't you take a shot at it? And he told me, like a lot of other people who have encountered with these, I just don't think a, I just don't think a pistol would have done it. He had a forty-five, and uh, he still didn't think it would it would stop this thing, even if he emptied the clip into it. Um, now, the fact that it didn't stick around and, and somehow sensed that there was more danger involved and turned around and, and got out of the house quickly. Uh, might have been the reason why nothing was done. I'm quite sure him being an officer, uh, if it had shown some type of aggression towards him, he'd have took a shot at it. Would you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if this thing was aggressive. Now, if, if the fact that it was there and the shock value of it, uh, I had probably held off as long as I could. Um, this thing has some considerable size to it. You know, you hear it from people who, who have encounters with Bigfoot a lot that are, you know, they, you know, we, I'm armed, but I, I, I couldn't take a shot at it. Now, a lot of times, like in my instance with the Bigfoot, it's because of what it looked like. It looked more human than it did ape. Now, this thing didn't, and, and it had a, a very fearful he had a very fearful reaction to it. So uh, I, I don't know. He, I, I did ask him why I didn't shoot. And the first thing he said, I didn't think I'd be able to stop it. If it was, you know, if I hit it and it, it, it didn't go down, it, it probably charged me. So uh, the fact that he had come into the house was a big enough fear, but I guess the gun was kind of there in case he, uh, you know, for last resort, he'd have to use it. Yeah. I don't know if I would have been able to hold that much mental strength to do it like that, Lon. I really don't know if I would have been able to do that. I mean, the fact that this gentleman was a police officer or currently is a police officer, does it give the story 
much more credence that it's not somebody looking for their 15 minutes of fame, that this is a professional investigator because he's a detective, that he is, uh, you know, trying to figure out what is going on in his home at the same time as, as trying to figure out what this creature is. Oh, I think the training kicked in. Um, and the fact that he was a police officer had, you know, convinced me even more so after I, I t- talked to him in person that he was sincere about it and something diff- definitely happened. And of course, when he did have the evidence of the photographs, uh, I had never seen something like that before. I had never seen damage like that before. So, um, and you know, the, the pictures matched up the rooms and the kitchen and the whole area. And, uh, the counters in the kitchen at the time were linoleum and it just tore through the linoleum. And he actually had put marble in, he had cha- he had replaced it with marble counters. Uh, and of course he had to put a, the new dining room table in there. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he would have gone through all that expense just to make a point or try to perpetuate a hoax of some type. I think this really happened. What did the photographs look like? Uh, well, there were several photographs. There was at least a half, at least a dozen of them, ten to twelve of them. Uh, he got up very close to the damage. I mean, he the the gouge marks in the in the uh, linoleum were pretty intense. I mean, it went right through the linoleum into the uh, into the press board underneath of it and just pulled it up and uh, in the in the dining room and the claw marks were of three they were three claw marks um i think the one may have caught a thumb in the in the dining room and it was four of them i don't know it's kind of a small gouge on one side i don't know if it was from the one hand or it was a double or whatever but uh, there was at least five or six gouge marks in the uh, in the dining room table, and at least that many, if not more, in, in the kitchen. But it did. I mean, it literally pulled some of that linoleum off, and some of it was on the ground, on the floor. So, uh, yeah, this thing was pissed. Were There's there, no doubt about that. Were there any broken windows or... Or anything on on how it could get out? No, just just the uh, just the kitchen door. The kitchen door had a window in it, and it busted right through that. That was totally busted out. And uh, the door wasn't taken off the hinges, but it was open. And he said that's how it got back through. Wow, Lon, forty seconds. Your overall thoughts on this this incredible case of a bipedal canine. Well, that, that's something that I just don't run across. Uh, this one's in a league of its own, actually. Uh, if, if we're getting to a point where some of these encounters go that far, uh, then people have things to worry about. But 
this is kind of the exception to the the five-star review it's as important to contractors as it is to customers service titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more take it from the guys at rainforest plumbing and air the best customer experience we can provide at rainforest plumbing and air might be helping our customers afford what they need yeah with service titan we can build financing options even for zero percent interest right into the proposal and the application takes like five minutes it's crazy how convenient that is service titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. ServiceTitan.com. When it comes to buying a pre-owned vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. With one of the largest selections of pre-owned vehicles in the Tampa Bay area, we have options for every situation and budget. And every vehicle comes equipped with Moss Care, which gives you added peace of mind and features and benefits such as lifetime oil changes, roadside assistance, and so much more. Visit us today and let one of our knowledgeable team members give you all the information you need to make an informed car buying decision. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes rule and um I, I just don't normally or necessarily think that this is something that will happen but then again who knows if this thing is still out there and is provoked to a degree as it apparently was with this gentleman uh it might turn it might turn into a very serious situation love it lon strickler strange days halloween edition is right after this on spaced out radio we'll get to some audience questions as well you find all of Lon's books on his website, phantomsandmonsters.com. Here we go. Hour number two is next. That was freaky, dude. That was a freaky story. Not gonna lie. All right, let's uh turn Well, you know, I didn't I didn't know what I didn't really know what to make of it until I got down there. You know, I all I had done was talk to the guy. Yeah. And um I could tell from talking to him that he was dead serious. But when I when I actually met him in person, saw the pictures, uh, he will not go into the preserve. Yeah, I don't blame him. After he won't that. go back there. All right, dirty and filth. Fact, what do you I, got I, for I, us here? Well, the, the gray aliens have found a solution to cow parts. <laughs> they purchase vacuum sealers. And this way, they don't have to have ugly uh, cow parts all over the farm and everything. They just vacuum seal the entire cow or the important parts of it. I think the gargoyle is drowning. I'll be right back.
All right, I have returned. Oh, Dave's gone. Juan's still hanging out in the background. Yeah, I'm still here. We've had to take in Mrs. Phil's dad's cats for the night because they get renovations going on at his place. They can't be there for the night. And uh got like seven cats in one house, and it's just an absolute gong show. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I already told you that earlier on. Sorry. So did you dress up your house and make up a couple jack-o'-lanterns for spooky season tomorrow? The I, you know what? I don't really get into Halloween. I don't know why. I, 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 I you know, people ask me that all the time, and I just don't get into Halloween for whatever reason. I, um, I guess the fact that I hear all kinds of crazy stuff and, uh, I'm not trying to perpetuate anything, but, you know, I've never really been into the, now I like the old horror movies, the old, the old horror movies, but as far as the modern stuff, like Elm Street and all that, I just never really into the gore, you know, I'm kind of like into the, uh, the story and the, and the macabre and the, and the, uh, uh, the black and white. You like young Frankenstein is what you're telling me. I, I do like I do like you know the comedy being part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got love that one. It's classic. I actually saw that in the theater the week it came out. So that just shows you how old I am. Holy grandpa! <laughs> well, I just turned sixty-five two days ago. Oh, geez. Well, happy name day, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a lot. A lot of big movies in the theater. I mean, you know, Godfather, I saw that in the theater when it came out. I saw Jaws when it came out. Star Wars. So, yeah. I date myself, but absolutely. I went to a showing of Jaws at Sylvan Lake in Alberta. Once in a while to do it, it's a... Sylvan Lake's a great big resort thing in Alberta. Cool place if you're going to Alberta. I'm not paid to say that, but... Anyway... They play Jaws there, and they, like, box it off and let people, like, ride around on their <laughs> little tubes and junk. And people got, like, shark shark fins and everything. It's pretty cool. I, I yeah, those, uh, those movies, those thriller movies, uh, it, it just it just leaves a lot to be desired when you see it on TV as opposed to being in the theater. It's always different when you're in the in the theater because, for the most part, nobody's supposed to know what's going to happen and everything. And exactly, everyone's kind of all there. And sometimes you get like the weird seat, and you're not really you get a kind of a gesture <laughs> to do. And... Lon, is it it's, your birthday? Two days ago, you had a twenty-eighth. Well, happy birthday, my friend! I have big sixty-five. Wow. Freedom 65 in the monster community? Is that how it works? I don't know. I guess. <laughs> Hope you had a good one, buddy. All right. Big thank you tonight to both Random Guy and Louie for the great super chats. Very much appreciate 
the love and support. And if you haven't already joined the Space Travelers Club, the link is below in the YouTube side. You can also shop at our store, spacedoutradio.com. We do not have ugly swag, people. You want to get our stuff. We, we got nice stuff that you want to wear. We do. And here comes our number two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with our number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Please join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us tonight, Clam? You got Nebelwerfer. Nebelwerfer is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go, continuing on with our good friend Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com. He is the best when it comes to tracking down the monsters that live among us. You can find all of his books on his website or on Amazon. Lon, thank you for joining us. Good to be here. I love how forward you are. Good to be here, Dave. Get things going right now, you idiot. Let's get... Come on, hurry up here. Don't, don't you know I got soap operas to catch up on on the old VCR here? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Lon, it's, I got to ask you this because it is Halloween. What's your favorite Halloween story that Lon Strickler has experienced? Halloween? Halloween. You know, I, I'm not a Halloween guy. I'm not really. I, I was telling Phil, I, I just don't. You know, it's interesting. I, I was born around Halloween. Uh, I celebrated my birthday around Halloween. My father was a big, a big uh, monster film fanatic. Thus the why I got the name Lon from Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was all around me. But uh, I just really never got into Halloween. Wow. I knew it. I know. I just, you know. Wow, you're a great guy to have on for a Halloween show here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, I'm here and see enough stuff. I don't need to inject that, the horror and and gore and everything into my life beyond what I hear and get from other people. All right. Well, let me ask you this then. Favorite paranormal story that you have covered over the years? Oh, my God. That's a loaded question. It is loaded because there's so many of them. 
I, you know, the, the one that, the, of course, the one that had affected me, and I've talked about this before, was the... The five-star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com. Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family, and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state-of-the-art service facility, factory trained technicians, we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with our extended service hours, our pickup and drop-off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. Yeah was the uh, abduction of the, the woman in uh, in uh, eastern Washington who just never came back. Uh, that's probably one that affected me. Uh, there was another one where, uh, and it, it, this was just something that somebody sent to me, but it was pretty profound. I put it in my book where uh, this girl uh, found out that her father was an extraterrestrial and uh, that he came to visit her. And um, her mother never told her the truth, and she never found out the truth until her father visited her. And her, after her mother had died, and later she found a letter uh, describing how you know, the reason why she never met her father, because she was under the impression her father just died, but there was no, the only thing that she had was a photograph of him. And, uh, and then when he did meet her, she found out and that when, when her time was up on, on this earth, that her and her family, I mean, her husband and her children, since they were star seeds or, part alien would would be joining him in another realm at that time uh that was an interesting that was an interesting account and when i talked to her and, and talked to the family they all believed it they all believed sincerely that they would at that point when when their life was over they would join uh the, the patriarch or the family that also sounds I, I've heard stories like that before from people who who believe that one of their parents is an extraterrestrial. Uh there there's mm-hmm. there's a famous story. Oh, the man's name is uh, escaping me right now. He just passed away a few years ago where he felt he was called to California and he goes into this small little restaurant, meets this girl and they start hanging out. She's like, I want you to meet my father. 
and uh, and uh, he ends up meeting the father, and the father takes him outside and summons in three UFO craft. And within two weeks, the girl and all the family was gone, and nobody had ever heard of them all of a sudden. It was incredible. Yeah, you know, some of these um, these otherworldly extraterrestrial-themed type of uh, accounts. Jordan, uh, Jordan Maxwell. You know, you hear a lot of them. Jordan you Maxwell. You hear a lot of them, but what's his name? Jordan Maxwell. Oh, okay. I heard that name. Um, you know, those type of accounts, you know, they're good reading and everything, but when you actually get to meet the person... And, and and see how they react or how they speak to you and how profound the, it was to them. Boy, that really hits home. And I, I think I think that's the reason why I like the paranormal. And it's not just for alien encounters. And it's for everything. Uh, it is when I'm talking to the witnesses and you're experiencing a lot of what they're going through. And then you get to see how they react to it and uh, how they tell the story to you, because you, you can never retell a story the way they tell you. Um, I try, but you know, it, it just never gets to that level. Um, uh, but I think that's why I enjoy doing this. So, uh, you know, I, even in, in when I'm working with, um, uh, with hauntings and people who have attachments and uh, uh, people who need answers and, you know, that I, I have always enjoyed that. And the satisfaction that comes with it when you're able to help resolve something or at least help the person who, who has had questions realize that they're not alone and, uh, you know, that, somebody understands what they're going through. So, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest reason why I do this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't blame you, my friend. I, I don't blame you whatsoever, even though some of the stories that you bring forward are, are extremely odd and strange. Let's get to another one here that, that you have regarding, Oh, let's see here. Where are we here? A winged humanoid. We haven't talked about the winged humanoids yet. You got a recent sighting in Argentina about a winged humanoid. Mm. Let me read this for our audience. Yeah, let me uh, let me pull it up. Um, Back in, unless you want to read it. Yeah, I'll read it for okay. you. Okay. Back in 2015, our small village of, and I might butcher this, Colino, Argentina, had several reported sightings of a winged humanoid <laughs> creature. The local citizens reported the sightings of a strange humanoid creature appearing in the middle of the night and then mysteriously disappearing. Reports of the creature spread quickly to local police who investigated but found nothing. Later, a fireman and friend and his police colleague were leaving the headquarters when they spotted in the street at night a strange black hooded figure that matched the sighting descriptions. The mysterious entity stood still and then suddenly vanished into the shadows. They followed the being until they saw it next to a tree. 
The figure was looking directly at them. It didn't watch them for too long. Seconds later, the figure opened up its wings and flew away. My friend described the winged humanoid as six feet in height, very skinny, dark colored, with a wide wingspan of approximately 15 feet. The wing structure was that of a large bat. The eyes were large and flash beams of light intermittently. The police later asked for help from the community to locate this mysterious entity. There were no other reports made to the public until recently. About two weeks ago, a visitor to our village reported a similar winged humanoid. He was stopped at a petrol station along Ruta 60 in the village when this creature perched on the station canopy. The witness stated that another patron was there and witnessed the creature as well. The incident was reported to police. I was told that other witnesses were later interviewed. I will keep you updated on the investigation and whatever media reports come forward. Mothman down in Argentina? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the description is very similar to what people are seeing in Chicago. Um, I got that report. Uh, I posted on August, I mean, on October 15th. So it was a fairly, it was early October when it, it, the second incident happened. I remember, and I went back and did some research, and I, I do remember the original report. Um, and I had forgotten about it until this gentleman got a hold of me. And, uh, yeah, it's very similar to what people are seeing in Chicago. So um, hopefully he's going to get back to me with anything else. He promised he would. Uh, uh, so um, I kind of told him, I said, if you do uh, – if you do uh, – hearing else to let me know about it but honestly we we don't get a whole lot of reports that are, are you know outside of the chicago area that are very similar to that we get a few but not not like this one so i'm kind of interested to see what this was um the fact that the police and you know you're going to find us on a lot of, of these hey this is Hispanic the last thing. countries especially down in south america where the local officials take this stuff seriously. Yes, they do. And uh, they they will investigate it. They they try to keep it within the confines of the locale. Uh, but many times it gets out into the public realm and uh, I will and I you know I didn't find any um, I didn't find anything being printed about this this second incident at all. So um, I don't know. You know, the fact that he knew somebody in, in the police force and such, uh, or people that worked for the village, um, he was privy to a lot of the information. So it'll be interesting to see if we get anything else out of it. Oh wow, wow, Lon! I have some audience questions here for you as they are as they sure. are starting to build up, and I know you. You love uh, interacting with our audience on Spaced Out Radio and our YouTube side of things. So let's get right to it. And let's start off with 5DRG, who is asking, do you believe some of the dogmen are shapeshifters? I think it's a possibility. I, I think they do have, uh, I think most cryptids are supernatural. Uh and I, I think shape-shifting may very well be something that they can achieve. Uh, I think they have the ability to move within dimensions. I think they have the ability to shape-shift, I mean, or, clo- or cloak themselves somehow. So are dogmen shape-shifters? You know, it, 
I have talked to witnesses who have seen them literally disappear. Do they shape it, shape shift into another being or cloak themselves somehow? Absolutely. I think it's very possible. Why do you think they do this? Is it a safety mechanism or is it something probably. a little bit more? It, it probably is. You know, there, there's a phenomenon that's kind of become more prevalent in the last decade or more of uh, what we call glimmer men. Uh, basically, uh, if you're familiar with the Predator film and the alien in the Predator film that's able to cloak into some type of glassine-looking uh, entity, uh, I have had people describe that uh, very close to what's depicted in the film. And uh, I, I think that uh, I don't think that it, it's something that's just limited to Bigfoot. Some people think it's Bigfoot that's doing it. I think it could be a lot of different entities that are able to do that. Um, I don't know the mechanics behind it. I don't know how it's done. But I've had enough reports over the years to believe that there that there's something to this. And in fact, I, I'm probably going to be involved with writing a book about the phenomenon at some point. Uh, we're talking about it, so yeah. we'll see. Well, you know what? There was a famous case a couple of years ago that was put on uh, David Politis's missing four one one hunted, where Jan Maccabee, the wife of former aviary and UFO uh, uh, enthusiast and researcher, Bruce Maccabee, a scientist, mm -hmm. uh, where she was actually hunting in her, in her, uh, um, up a tree waiting for deer. And she had one of these translucent creatures come up to her in the tree right beside her. And she actually got a photograph of it while she mm -hmm. was in her deer stand. And at that exact same moment that that happened, the high school band a few miles away, which was practicing on the football field for homecoming, had a UFO sighting right above them. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but to me that says things are tied together. It really yeah. is. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Maccabee sighting was very well known, and um, that kind of got people, I mean, since Bruce was uh, well known and, and he, he put it out there, it kind of opened the door for a lot of these sightings to be looked at more intensely. And uh, many of us who, who do uh, podcasts or take reports or do actual investigations have been getting reports like this more and more as time has gone on. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, I think there really is something to it. All right, let's move on to Javier here from Cryptid 559 in California. He is asking, have you heard of recent encounters around military or prison facilities? Yes, yes, both. Um, in fact, the cryptid canine sighting that was reported to me two weeks ago between Hagerstown and Mantetum Battlefield was right on the grounds of a correction facility. Believe it or not. Uh, as far as military, yeah, we've gotten a lot of sightings of uh, particularly Bigfoot and, and upright canines on uh, 
military facilities, some of the well-known areas. Uh, uh, McCord Lewis out in Washington State has had a lot, a lot of sightings uh, uh, by military people of, of Bigfoot encounters. Um, back even back into the forties, in the late, the early forties uh, at Fort Stewart, Georgia, when they it st- first started opening up for basic training for World War II, um, several cryptic canine reports came out of there. And there's still reports around the area as well. Uh, Fort Campbell and uh, on the border of uh, Kentucky and uh, Tennessee, a lot of well-known Bigfoot activity, uh, sightings and encounters there. Um, up into uh, Labrador, Newfoundland, uh, Goose Bay. Goose Bay is a, a kind of a joint U.S.-Canadian uh, special forces actually training there, but there have been encounters reported of, uh, of Sasquatch Bigfoot at that area. So yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of cryptid encounters at, uh, military facilities. That is strange. That is strange. All right. Let's go to Aaron here who is asking, was there an increase of sightings of the large cryptids after large forest fires of both Canada and the United States? In the Pacific Northwest, yeah, there were. Um, you probably heard it too. I mean, since you're up there, um, it seemed to be increased sightings of these things being pushed out, possibly. Now, there have been a lot of forest fires up in Canada this this summer. Uh, it's been a little bit hot and dry, and of course, we're getting the after effects with all the smoke coming down here into the states. Uh, I don't necessarily have received many reports that could be connected to all the forest fires in Canada. Uh, but I, I do know historically uh, in northern New Mexico and into Arizona, where there have been some fires and people believe that the uh, cryptid activity is picked up as well, uh, that they're being pushed out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's very possible. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Sovereign. You recently did a show on reptilian humanoids. Can you tell us how many states have these been reported on, and are they always around bodies of water? It's a worldwide phenomenon. It really is. Uh, I don't think there's any variables as to states or locations as to where they show up. As far as being around bodies of water, um, there have been some, uh, the states now. I, 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 I do know the states where there are more sightings of these beings are locations where there's a lot of deep cave systems, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Pennsylvania, uh, Indiana. They probably have had the majority of the sightings uh, are that come to us or come to me. Uh, We've had sightings out in uh, Eastern Europe as well. Uh, I think it has to do with cave systems. And of course, a a lot of these sightings came from spunkers and people who were doing work, our geologists that were doing work in caves. 
So uh, I think they do utilize the cave system. And it's just not uh, reptilians. I think other humanoids and encrypted use them as well. I think there's a lot to those cave systems that if it was ever investigated and they sent military people down there, there would be a lot of a lot of things brought out, Lon. I really do believe that. I mean, you yeah, look, I have no doubt. You look at the Kentucky Goblin, Sasquatch has been known, Dogman's been known. I mean, what else could be down there? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're talking about areas that have a, a lot of uh, coal mining historically. Uh, you talk to Kentucky and Missouri, um, a lot of limestone, a lot of salt mine activity. I mean, uh, work and all. Um, yeah, I think they utilize the cave systems. That's right. And when we return for the final half hour with Lon Strickler on Halloween Strange Days, more monster talk. More questions from our audience. Stories that we always love to hear when Lon is on the radio with us. His website, phantomsandmonsters.com. You can get his books there as well. We will be right back on Spaced Out Radio for the second half. All right, we are clear, my man. Having fun yet? No, I always have fun. I know you do. I'm just always making sure. Because I I care. I care. Lon, I'll I'll serenade you if I have to. No, that's okay. I'll be here regardless. You're missing out. You're missing out. Oh, I bet you never serenaded the butch. I did? Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, of course. I did everything with Butch. On air, that's legal. Sweet Robbie G, how you doing, buddy? Mark Sanchez, thanks for coming on in. Susie B, thank you for joining us. And I think we are caught up on the people. Hmm. Sure don't hear much about the Kentucky Goblins anymore. I kind of think that story got... (laughs) You know, it it seemed to to be a a lot of of, uh, hubbub about it in more recent years, but in the past year or so, I haven't heard a lot. I, I think a lot of people try to equate the sightings or sightings they've had or encounters with that that Hopkinsville incident. Um, I don't know. I think more people are fascinated because it was, it was part of Project Blue Book. And, um, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> 
The five-star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com. When it comes to buying a pre-owned vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. With one of the largest selections of pre-owned vehicles in the Tampa Bay area, we have options for every situation and budget. And every vehicle comes equipped with Moss Care, which gives you added peace of mind and features and benefits such as lifetime oil changes, roadside assistance, and so much more. Visit us today and let one of our knowledgeable team members give you all the information you need to make an informed car buying decision. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. I don't know either, man. I don't know either. Kind of messes me up. Messes me up. We haven't heard much about it literally since before COVID with uh, Hellier. That was really the last time we heard anything. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's that. That is that. Don't know where they disappeared to, but is what it is. Well, hopefully our little project will come out soon. Uh, we're still working on it. So, um, they take, but when it does, I will make sure everybody knows about it. They take forever. They take forever. If you want it done right, you need to have some patience. That's one thing little Timmy Senor has taught me lately. It's like, Dave, shut up and have some patience. You goofball. We, um, yeah, there, we're getting a lot of follow-up to the actual production itself. Uh, a lot of questions coming from within the production company beyond the people that actually did the filming and such. So um, I, I, I think it's going to be pushed heavily. Uh, so we'll see. I hope it does. I mean, I hope this whole Chicago Mothman thing kind of blows up a bit more as a result of it. The sightings have been somewhat waned off lately. Uh, 2020, I mean, 2023, I think we've only had five or six sightings reported. So um, I don't know why that is, but who knows? I don't know either. I don't know either, my man. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yep. 
I'm not necessarily saying I want to get as busy as it did in 2017. I, you know what? 2017, I, I say most of what I had to do, what, most of what I did was tied to that case. I mean, it was like 24-7 for a long period of time. I just I just couldn't stay off the phone. Uh, I was getting stuff. I had to try to separate the wheat from the chaff from what was coming in, and it was it was crazy. It was really crazy that year. All right, Lon, I'll get you to hold on right there. So I want to say a big okay. thank you tonight to Louie Times 2, random guy. We very much appreciate the love, and uh, that's great support, guys. Great support on the Super Chats as well. And uh, we got a bunch more questions coming up here for Lon, and we're going to continue that right here. Stay tuned. Here we go with the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by signing up for the Space Travelers Club. Here we go, final half hour with Lon Strickler on this Halloween edition of Strange Days. We love it when Lon is here. His website, phantomsandmonsters.com, tens of thousands of reports of monsters out there on this website and you can find Lon's books on there as well. Lon, we're going to continue with some audience questions here, if you don't mind, because I know mm-hmm. you love the audience participation. We're going to go to race fan here. Lon, will the pictures of the damage to the police officer's house that was raided by a dog man ever be released to the public at any time? Only when I'm given permission to do to release them. Um, and, and I have asked him that, and uh, he told me that if he does decide to release them, that I'll be the one that gets it. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty strict about that. I, I I won't release anything unless I get permission to do it, and uh, that's even commentary. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty strict about that. Okay, let's move on to Billy Gunn. Do you have any Slender Man stories recently? You know, that whole phenomenon has kind of tanked in recent years. Uh, you know, other than the the uh, crawler humanoid sightings and um, that occasionally come in, uh, the whole Slender Man phenomenon, even though it's a meme, it's nothing that was really proved to be corporeal um we we just don't get them anymore uh it's very few and far between Uh, so but i'm not saying that it's not going to raise its ugly head at some point it may very well do that that happens a lot you know 
after after these after these phenomena are kind of sitting collecting dust, and occasionally somebody will open it up and and uh, then we'll start getting a spat of sightings. So we'll see. Let's go to Paramarv. Have you heard of a nice dogman encounter? One where the dogman isn't especially aggressive and or threatening? Well, nice. I don't know. I, there's always a fear factor involved because, first of all, who in the hell sees a, <laughs> sees a cryptic canine and want to go out and pet the thing? I, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> uh, they're not always threatening or aggressive. Uh, People do see them at a distance at some point, or but um, not really. I mean, I don't. I don't think. Um, I, I just don't think it's. Uh, there's many nice encounters at all. Of course, I haven't gotten any of them. There's some benign cases to where you know there's a sighting and, and no encounter at all, but nothing to. Uh, Nothing to the point where I'd say it was a nice dog man encounter. Let's go to UFO witnesses. Our question again is whether the wings are webbed, feathered, or scaly on this cryptid report from Argentina. Oh, it was it was webbed. It was a membrane bats bat wing uh, type gargoyle wing, uh, similar for what the most of the sightings we got in Chicago. Interesting. Uh, have you been following what's going on in South America recently? I mean, with this wing humanoid in Argentina and all the alien sightings going on in Peru. And if so, what's, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on what's going on down there, Juan? Well, you know, the Peru, the Peruvian sightings and encounters, I, I think the government, when it first came out, I think the government tried to quash that thing. But there have been other people who have been affected by this and who have had subsequent encounters. I think there's something to it. Uh, yeah, I think it's continuing on. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of stuff on YouTube about it. Um, you know, you don't know how much you can really trust on YouTube, <laughs> but some of the uh, some of the victims of this thing have reacted to it or have had some type of physical reaction to it. And, of course, when paramedics pick them up or they're taken to the hospital and and professionals say that they did sustain some type of shock, I mean, I, I think there's something to it. Uh, I'm, I'm watching it. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that there there is definitely something to this, and I, I think, there, there has been a concerted effort for whatever effort for whatever reason by the officials to try to keep it quiet, uh, which is normally we don't see that down in South America. Uh, they're normally pretty open about that. So um, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the UFO um, entity encounters associated with otherworldly activity. And in his, the Hispanic countries, especially down in South America, even in, in Spain, uh, always have some type of CIA involvement with it for whatever reason. Uh, there, there's always something there where somebody will come out and say that 
someone from a U.S. agency was involved with it or seen as a result of the investigation. So uh, I, I, I think the I think the Americans are also involved with trying to keep a lot of this stuff quelled. How much government interference do you believe there is? I have a tough time believing that the government is known for a lot of this stuff or or understands it. When it comes to UFOs, I do believe, but I'm not too sure about the cryptid world of the government hiding it. I think there is some degree of uh, involvement. Um, well, I just look at my encounter, you know, and the government involvement with that back in 80, and that was back in 81. Uh, I look at the times where I've done investigations and I've been asked to back off by, uh, you know, the alphabet agencies over the years. Uh, I've had three investigations stopped in the past 40 years uh, by uh, parts of the government that asked me nicely to back away. Um, I, I think they're involved with some things, maybe not cryptids as much as they are with uh, UFOs and, and other worldly activity, but I think they do know, and I, I think they kind of keep it quiet as best they can. Do you think there's an, or let me rephrase that, why do you think there's an interest in it? Well, you know how the government is, especially here in the United States. It, it, they think they can use it to some advantage, uh, and uh, I think that's what they'll do. And um, I think when it comes to the paranormal and the supernatural, uh, I mean, just look at the uh, MK Ultra program and some of the other stuff that the CIA was involved with and the military is involved with. I, I think there's an effort to militarize a lot of the paranormal. Uh, if they find a way to use it to their advantage or to our, you know, to increase security, I, I think they will do it. All right, let's move to another question here. Let's go to Sovereign. Not many know the story of Jordan Maxwell seeing a pterodactyl near a sewer in the Valley of Los Angeles. Do you know this story? No, I, I only know bits and pieces of it. Do you know of any, or have you taken a lot of pterodactyl reports? No, oh, I've had a lot of pterosaur reports over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Nationwide, particularly in the upper Midwest. You know, the areas around Chicago have been some sightings as well. Uh, the pterosaur phenomena is pretty well known. Uh, Pennsylvania, we've had sightings. Um, yeah, you know, people. some people just say they're thunderbirds. Some people say, you know, that they are pterodactyls. Uh, the Van Meter visitor account from Iowa, I believe that was a uh, pterosaur of some type. Uh, I've talked to investigators over the years that believe the pterosaur phenomena, that they may very well be a corporeal animal. Uh, flying being uh, that's been recorded throughout history, even to the history of the Old West. There have been some older sightings. Uh, you got to New Guinea, the Ropen sightings, and some of the, that phenomena. Uh, it's pretty well known, and uh, I, I think there is something to that. Yeah, Jonathan Whitcomb is still looking for the Ropen. I mean, that's yeah, a, he is. And you know what? The, the top part of that Ropen triangle is is north of me in British Columbia here, 
where apparently mm-hmm. in a number of First Nations people go missing every year, and they believe they've gone as food to this pterodactyl roping creature. Yeah, it may very well be. I, I know Jonathan is a, he's a true believer. So, uh, oh, yeah. But he's been looking into this phenomenon for a long time. And you don't see many Mormon investigators. No. That you do not. <laughs> that you do yeah. not. He's cut from that Brandon Fugel type of. Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right. Let's get to another question here. Let's go to John. The wing creature you spoke about, is this the stereotypical Mothman? Well, if you consider the, the Mothman Point Pleasant to be a stereotypical, then no, because that was an insectoid wing being. Uh, there were aspects of it that were very similar to what had been going in Chicago and other places, you know, the red eyes for the most part. Uh, but the wing structure and body styles, are, are they run the gamut. Now, do I believe they may very well come from the same place? Do I believe they come from the same dimension? And I do believe they're interdimensional beings. Oh, absolutely. I think they do. I I, I think they may very well even be related to the respect that uh, the perception of these things may be different to different people. Uh, When they come to our earth plane, we see them. So um, in that respect, there, there may be... A similarity, but as far as stereotypical Mothman for what was seen in the Point Pleasant area and still seen around the same area, uh, no, there's there's the perception is not the same. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Neil over in the UK. Good morning to you, Neil. Apart from the eyes changing to slits momentarily, is there a way to tell reptilian shapeshifters? Not that I know of. I, I know people have talked about the eyes changing and um, before something or, you know, before a, a supposed humanoid changes back into a reptilian and back and forth. Other than that, I, I really don't know. Um, I, I think a lot of that gets into conspiracy level. And I try to stay away from the conspiracy stuff as much as possible. But quite frankly, it, it goes beyond that a lot of times. I mean, I, I have talked to a lot of witnesses who are very believable. And uh, this whole reptilian, reptoid, draconian, saurian phenomena, it's an enigma, but, you know, you hear a lot of different, you hear a lot of different accounts. So I, I'm quite sure there, there are other aspects as to when, they, if they do shapeshift, that uh, you can tell when it's happening. All right, let's continue on here. Sandra would like to know, Hi, Lon. Have you had any sightings of cryptids at Gettysburg Battlefield or Saks Bridge? Uh, personally, I haven't. I know several people who have. And when you're talking cryptid, we're talking Bigfoot and, and cryptid canines because they've both been seen on the battlefield. Uh, I did it. In fact, I did something about that very recently on the, on my YouTube channel. Um, the area around Gettysburg, I mean, this whole general South central Pennsylvania area down into Maryland is well known for cryptid activity. Uh, so, um, 
the fact that they may get onto the battlefield is nothing earth-shattering. I mean, you know, Gettysburg, there aren't many places like Gettysburg. I mean, for people who know the area, who've been on there, I, I don't. I know very few people that go there and are impressed or aren't touched by what happens there, <clears throat> or if they experienced anything. I mean, it runs the gamut with the supernatural, and cryptids are part of that. UFO activity is very prevalent there as well. So, uh, but I think overall, it's the whole South Central Pennsylvania region. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it, and I, I think it was kind of the perfect storm at Gettysburg because all the death and destruction and. The way the bedrock and and the geology is set up, I I, I think it imprinted that land to a degree that it's just going to hold tight for a long, long time. And I I think cryptids and other supernatural activity is very, very drawn to that. I love it. Love it, Vaughn. Let's go to UFO Witness. When will you organize a countrywide search party to investigate these cave systems? (laughs) Uh, not me. I'm not into going into caves. I'm not a splunker. Uh, I'm willing to be involved if I don't have to go in there and do it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm claustrophobic. I just don't particularly care for caves, especially tight ones. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not cave guy either. Not no. cave guy either. You, you know, there. It's not just the fact that they may cave in, pun intended. Okay, it's the unknown of what you're going to experience from, you know, psychotic homeless people to monsters to to big uh, cats like cougars and 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 panthers uh, to uh, bears and and other wild animals that just don't want you in their area. There's a lot of of. Um, scary stuff man when it comes to to caves that's for sure yeah you know so i'm not really blaming you there i'm not no i i i think uh, you're on the right track when it comes to that let's go to another question here final one from our audience vanessa would like to know do you think that some of these bipedal canine entities could be engineered super soldiers uh, again, here we are getting into conspiracy or conspiracy um, part. I, I don't know. I mean, like I said before, I think if the government can use something like this to their advantage, I think they would. Um, the whole super soldier thing, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it would go to that would go that far at some point, but you know, who knows? They may very well do it. You know, there's been a lot of conspiracy uh, accounts about military getting involved with using the five-star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. 
From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com. When it comes to buying a pre-owned vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. With one of the largest selections of pre-owned vehicles in the Tampa Bay area, we have options for every situation and budget. And every vehicle comes equipped with Moss Care, which gives you added peace of mind and features and benefits such as lifetime oil changes, roadside assistance, and so much more. Visit us today and let one of our knowledgeable team members give you all the information you need to make an informed car buying decision. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. As far as super soldiers and, and and such, even to the point of aliens and using using them, but uh, I don't know. You know, I I take a pass on that. I really don't know. Hmm. In regards to you know the final couple m- months of the year here that we are about to enter, mm-hmm. do, do you look at? the monsters or of 2023 being a great year for what we've seen, or has it been an average year or a below average year? Your thoughts? Well, I, I think for certain, certain cryptids, it's been a banner year. I mean, the, the cryptid canine just been a big year. Um, as far as uh, Mothman and Bigfoot, it's kind of been up and down, I guess. It, it, it depends on the area. I mean, out western Pennsylvania, and I talked to a lot of investigators out there, the Bigfoot activity has been off the wall. Um, so uh, there's a lot of sightings coming in now. You know, how how true a lot of that is, I really don't know. Uh, I can't really say much until I, I get a, I get an encounter report and I, I send it off to one of my people out there and we get some information. I, I talked to Stan Gordon weekly or get a, get an email from him weekly about reports that he gets and he's been busy. So in that respect, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty big. It's, I guess 2023 has been above average. Right. And has it just been Dogman, Mothman and Bigfoot? What are some of the obscure ones that have been seen? Oh, the, uh, the not deer is something that's shown itself more and more. Um, a lot of areas where people congregate has been getting a lot of attention lately. Uh, the Appalachian Trail, uh, areas where RV activity goes on, those seem to be some increased activity there. Um, and the not deer have been part of that. Um, that for not this not deer phenomenon, I, I, I don't really know what this is. Uh, people will say, well, you're just seeing a diseased deer or something that has some type of mutation. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think there's something else going on. Uh, well, I mean, all we can do is, is, is gather as much evidence we can, but, um, yeah, the activity on the on the Appalachian Trail has been pretty pretty steady. Uh, we get a, a few reports uh, from people on the trail 
Uh, it's nothing for me to get a phone call from somebody who's on the trail that's seen this or seen that. Uh, so, yeah, we had a 10-foot-tall Bigfoot seen on the Appalachian Trail about 50 miles north of me not long ago by a couple who were out there. Uh, so um, they didn't stick around long to do anything about it. I mean, they, they, were, they were going north, so uh, they stayed on the trail. But, uh, yeah, the uh, – yeah, we – you know, I'm very near the Appalachian Trail. I mean, it runs just west of Gettysburg, so we do get some reports. What's your biggest shocker of 2023 so far, the one that's caught you off guard the most? Yeah, just the increase of the, the cryptic canines. That, that's the biggest one. I mean, uh, we haven't seen activity like that since I've been really concentrating on it. It has been like this since um, – and even last year, we had in, in 2022, we had some uh, interesting cases here in Pennsylvania. So it's been a two-year thing. Um, unfortunately, it was not long. It started not long after Butch passed. So uh, yeah, our, our boy Butch would have been he'd have been in seventh heaven with all this stuff going on. Or he's causing it. From the well, he side. may be causing it. I don't know. Damn Butch Wilkowski. We'll of course he is. He's the kind of guy who would do that. And I can hear him now. Shut up, Dave. Just shut up. <laughs> you know, one minute to go, Lon, and I want to say a big thank you once again for coming on Spaced Out Radio and sharing your incredible stories from phantomsandmonsters.com. I mean, really, I believe your website is a true educational website for the unknown. And you, you've got to be so proud of what you've accomplished over the years, I know you are, but do us a favor. Tell everybody where they, what they find it, phantomsandmonsters.com, and where they can find your books. Well, you go to phantomsandmonsters.com. Uh, all my books are listed. The ones that are available, I mean, that are being published now, are available on Amazon. Just put Lon Strickler in the search, and you'll find it. Uh, we've got some audio books out there as well. And uh, – my uh, YouTube channel is at Phantoms and Monsters Radio. Just search that. And, of course, the Phantoms Monsters 14 Research Team, my Boots on the Ground team that look into all this crazy stuff that people are reporting. We do the best we can to, to try to get uh, people out to witnesses and locations to where we can find the truth. Von Strickler, Strange Days, wraps up once again. Happy birthday, Lon. And... Hey, Thank you. Steve Stockton from Among the Missing kicks off Hour 3. Then little Timmy Senor returns with the UFO report. Hour 3 is next. Great job, Lon. Great job, as per usual. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, it's always good to be on here with you, Dave. I try to keep you up to date on what's going on. Well, that you're the best. And that's why we keep bringing you on, my man. We love you around here. So uh, keep in contact. Let me know what's going on. Anything comes your way, up your way, I'll let you know. All right, buddy. You take care. You take care. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Lon Strickler, everyone. Hi, Parasolo. How you doing? Yeah, that's right, Sovereign. Fart hard, Lon. Fart hard. I'll be right back, guys.
She's getting a wee bit nippy out there. A wee bit nippy. Jennifer Metzger, welcome to SOR Chat. And, uh, let's see here. And happy Halloween, everybody. Sweet Robbie G will be hosting for me tomorrow night. As I will be trick-or-treating with my son. And then right after that, I will be going on to my museum for a final tour for Halloween to try and conjure up the ghosts that live among us. Yes. Terrible times. How you doing, man? <clears throat> Good to have you with us. Big thank you tonight to Louis Times 2 and Random Gee for the super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Uh, I haven't heard from Elavni Volador in a long time, Derek. I don't know where the hell the guy is. I think he stayed in Vegas. Candy Wolf, thank you for joining us. Remember, you can shop at our Spaced Out Radio website, spacedoutradio.com. We do not have ugly swag, people. We have clothing that you'll actually want to wear. And put May 10th through 12th on your calendar. Why? At the Silver Legacy Casino and Resort in Reno, Nevada. Come hang out with us for the third annual SOR Fan Party. Once again, May 10th through 12th. More details coming soon. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with hour number three of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America Digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Nebelwerfer. Nebelwerfer is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the SOR Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the night where we say hello to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. 
Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. One of the most recent and disturbing disappearances in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park is that of 24-year-old Derek Luking from Louisville, Tennessee. On March 15, 2012, Derek's roommate, Ryan Molden, became concerned after Derek failed to show up for his orderly position at Peninsula Hospital in Louisville, Tennessee. When I left, his alarm was going off and went off the entire time I was going to work, and I thought maybe he'd left and forgot to hit his alarm, said Ryan. Knowing this was out of character for his friend, he contacted Derek's parents. After speaking with Ryan, Derek's family made an overnight trip from Virginia to Tennessee to look for their son. I never thought we would lose Derek. It would just be to find him, his father Tim Luking said. On Derek's computer, they found that he had searched the Great Smoky Mountains and booked a micro-hotel in Cherokee, North Carolina. On Saturday, March 17, 2012, at 4 a.m., Derek was recorded leaving alone on the surveillance cameras of the Microtel Inn and Suites in Cherokee, North Carolina. He was carrying a small backpack. Police allowed the family access to the room where Derek had slept the night before. They found a Bible on the bed and a partially empty liquor bottle on the floor. His dad said the way the items were positioned suggested that Derek was struggling with a decision. Later that same day, Derek's family found his white Ford Escape parked in the lower lot of Newfound Gap on the Tennessee-North Carolina state line at 8.30 a.m. They alerted park officials of his disappearance, and Derek was officially reported missing. A note containing the cryptic phrase, Don't look for me, was found inside his vehicle, along with Derek's wallet and keys. The cryptic note was not addressed to anyone in particular, and even Derek's distraught family thought it could have been left for Park Service employees so they would not tow his vehicle in his absence if he were planning to be away for an extended time. The rangers asked me if Derek would take his life, and I said up until now, I would have said absolutely not. But there, in the circumstances, there was that possibility, his father Tim said. Earlier that year, Tim noticed a change in Derek. He started drinking a little bit and smoking cigarettes, which was highly unusual for him, Tim said. He wasn't happy with his job, where his life was going. His family revealed that Derek was a fan and avid follower of extreme outdoorsman Bear Grylls and most likely had enough survival skills and equipment to endure an extended stay in the wilderness. Before his disappearance, Derek purchased park maps and a sleeping bag but left those behind. His family stated he took a day pack, granola bars, an axe, a Bear Grylls survival tool pack, several pages of a military survivor manual, and a headlamp. Park spokesman Molly Shore told Knox News that Derek might have wanted to get lost and live off the land, but got in over his head. However, it is peculiar that nobody can confirm whether Derek actually went into the park on the day of his disappearance. This suggests that he might have gone missing while still in the parking area before he had a chance to even enter the park. Even though Park Service employees stated that the newfound gap area was busier than usual that fateful day, not one person in the park, employees, hikers, or otherwise, could recall seeing Derek. Even the Park Service admits it would be highly unusual for someone not to pass Derek on the hiking trails. The search for Derek included scores of personnel along with canines and helicopters. 
Thousands of missing person flyers were tacked along trails and passed out to hikers traveling in both directions. Concerns of foul play arose when another young man, Michael Cochini, went missing on March 18th. Michael's vehicle was discovered along Newfound Gap Road on March 20th. We have no idea what happened to them, said Park spokesman Bob Miller. Sadly, Michael Cochini was later found deceased in the park. Despite extensive search and rescue efforts, no trace of Derek was ever found. I'm not blind to the fact that he could have died. Someone could have taken his life. It could have been an accident. But we all hope that we don't know something and he is out there, roommate Ryan Molden said. Derek was quiet, but he wasn't meek. He had a servant heart, went overseas and helped the poor and those who needed a voice, said Ryan. Tim Luking said of his son's disappearance, we are still hoping to find out what happened to him. It's a difficult thing not to have any closure on the situation. So what happened to Derek Luking? Did he choose to disappear, or was he the victim of foul play? Anyone with any information regarding Derek's disappearance is asked to contact the National Park Service Investigative Services Branch at 888-653-0009. Those people who go missing. It's just so weird at times how they just vanish into thin air, isn't it? That's why we love Steve Stockton around here. Excuse me, from Among the Missing. And if you want more, just go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing. Make sure you hit subscribe. He's got dozens of stories just like that. All right, from the missing to the mysterious, it is that time of the night where we say hello to little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Big Bad Tim, it's always good to have you back here, my man. Thank you for popping on by. How was your Halloween so far? Happy Halloween, everyone, and happy Halloween, Dave. Uh, So far, uh, pretty spooky. Pretty spooky, I think. Let's see. My kids are dressing up as uh, like a diamond-covered bunny, like sparkly bunny, uh, a piece of pepperoni pizza, which is going to be fun. And let's see, I'm going as Alex from the clockwork orange. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that film. So that that'll be my look. Um, and then I think we have uh, a devil. I think someone else is going as the devil. So that'll be fun. And um, I'm not the five star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all in one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. 
From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com. Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family, and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state-of-the-art service facility, factory trained technicians, we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with our extended service hours, our pickup and drop-off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. Sure. Exactly. There's a couple of question marks still. But what about you? What are you dressing up as? Wait, don't tell me you're dressing up as the great pumpkin this year and you're going to rise up out of the pumpkin patch. No? No. No, (laughs) I am not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. I'm going to dress up like like random guy and I'm going to tell everybody that they're wrong. There's no UFOs. There's no Area 51. There's no spy planes out there. There's nothing. You're all crazy, bunch of lunatics, and I don't have aliens. That's what I'm being for Halloween. Burn. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. That That's, that's fun. No, but really, I can't even imagine. What are you dressing up as? Are you going as the Joker again this year? No, I was a piece of pizza last year. Were you a piece of pizza? No I way. was a piece of pizza. I actually, last year, I bought myself a, a Sasquatch outfit. Okay. And you've seen the Sasquatch outfit. And, I have. And I couldn't get the zipper up because my stomach was too big. So <clears throat> I dressed as a piece of pizza. and Because that's an easy costume. It's just it, a big triangle with a exa- hole in it, right? Exactly. So... Yeah. This year, I'm not doing that. No. no. You were stuffed crust pizza. I was stuffed was. crust pizza last year. Not even thin crust. Not even close to thin oh. crust, but that's okay. Oh, I love it. I just, I love every bit of this. Yes. It's just so much fun. We should yeah. talk costumes more often. Sure. Sure. Extra cheese. Extra cheese also. It's always a sprinkle. Always about extra on. cheese with you. No matter what, hey, you know me. hey, you want to go to Tim Hortons and get a nice cab, Tim? Sure, let's get some extra cheese with that as well. Oh, extra yeah. cheese on it. You know me. That's right. You are. That's right. All right. Uh, China and Russia ahead of the United States regarding UFOs. What's going on here, man? Yeah, and to add to that, um, does that potential garner the secrecy that surrounds the topic, Right. Because if that's true, obviously they're trying to hide it. So here in the United States, um, we know that dozens or more recovered UFOs have been claimed to be being studied by defense contractors. Now, sources claim that excessive secrecy is hindering and comprehensive understanding of the retrieved objects, enigmatic technology is being hidden. So, moreover, an expanded network of sources told us here that at least source, at least 30 whistleblowers familiar with these alleged UFO retrieval and analysis efforts 
have provided testimony to Congress. Now, the U.S. government's congressionally mandated UFO analysis office and the investigative watchdogs that oversee the U.S. Defense of, I'm sorry, Department of Defense and Intelligence Community have been working diligently, obviously, on keeping this a secret. So this obviously has been potentially what's been holding back the topic in the public eye and also what has potentially kept this topic covert and technology out of the public eye. So reflecting on that, um, they are also considering now that within the secrecy and following the reporting that's um, been going on um, with the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, along with bipartisan groups um, of five other senators, introducing remarkable UFO-related legislation on the horizon. Reporting recently has been that China and Russia may also have retrieved UFOs. And so language in the legislation alluding to, quote, increased potential for technology surprise from foreign adversaries, end quote, is taking on a particular significance. So while the exact details of foreign UFO retrieval and reverse engineering efforts remain murky, Grush in particular described a publicly publicly unknown Cold War over recovered and exploited physical material. And so a competition with near-peer adversaries over the years to identify UAP crashes and landings and retrieve the material for exploitation and reverse engineering. So this was in order to garner asymmetric national defense advantages. But what we've ended up with is massive amounts of secrecy within our own government on this topic and then compartmentalization of all of the technology. And so this new article from The Hill covers in depth all of the details that are being discussed here with this potential. But Dave, I would love to get your take, and I am going to go into mystery mode here for Halloween. Oh, my. My. I love mystery (laughs) mode. You know what? Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how this story actually comes out, because can we really trust anything that comes out from China and Russia? I mean, you know, they're not known for their truth. They're known for playing games over the years. That's what communism does over the years. All right. And the idea, Tim, that they are ahead of us in the UFO game, I do not believe that for a second. But I do believe that if they had the opportunity to do so, they would be jumping at it like anything, okay? Because there is a Cold War going on for technology. And let's face it, space is the final frontier. And if you own space, you're going to own a lot of territory on this planet. And how do we get there? Alien technology, right? Could it be? We can assume, right? But nobody is going to come forward, whether it's the U.S., China, or Russia. They're not going to come forward and state what they have. 
Now, we know that Russia has had their own Roswell incident. A lot of countries have. Canada has. Brazil has. Okay, France has. Italy has. Australia has. China has. There are a number of incidents around the world that really pique the interest, and we don't know how far advanced they are in these subjects. But it does also tell me, Tim, that while this UFO Cold War is going on, it makes it more understanding that the United States has to keep a secret on what they have recovered and what they are currently potentially reverse engineering. Because if they give that up, the only people that they are hurting is their own Defense Department. Because if there's anybody out there that we could hope, and I use the word hope in capital letters, would bring this technology to humanity, it would be the United States. China wants to dominate the world, so does Russia. And the United States, well, whether whether you believe them or not, we know they're holding secrets of certain technologies. They're going to do that under the military-industrial complex, number one. And number two, they're going to do it for the sake of defense of not only the United States, but the Western world. There's a lot of hell on this planet right now. And giving up your secrets for the sake of trying to win the UFO game is not one of them that would be a good chess move. Your thoughts? Yeah, I find it incredibly interesting, however, that they've used this as their cover for the blanket story, uh, you know, for so long. In fact, according to retired U.S. Army Colonel Carl Nell, who served alongside Grush in an early iteration of the U.S. government's contemporary UFO analysis efforts, Grush's assertion concerning the existence of a terrestrial arms race occurring sub rosa over the past 80 years, focusing on reverse engineering of technologies of unknown origin, is fundamentally correct. So these allegations from two former high-ranking defense officials in tandem with independent investigative reporting raises a host of national security questions and issues, just as you're saying. And clearly, Congress is paying attention uh, the Schumer-led legislation, for example, defines the, quote, non-human intelligence as any sentient intelligence non-human life form, regardless of nature or ultimate origin, that may be presumed responsible. It's pretty in-depth, and that goes along with UFOs. So it's interesting to see how this, you know, has been the blanket for them to not have to share any information because of the quote-unquote UFO arms race that's been going on for 80 years. And now when we talk about it publicly, oh, it's in complete denial, and there's no way they'll admit to the existence of that. So if there's any hint of our competitors having an advantage, well, that just can't exist, really, Dave, because you and I both know UFOs don't exist. Well, of course they don't. (laughs) <laughs> of course they don't. We, you know, and once again, we are, you know, this also goes to the argument that people are sick of me saying, what is a UFO and what is a UAP? And what are we chasing? Okay. Now, if it's UFO technology, look, 
there are so many secrets that the United States has in places like Area 51. We won't even see them in our lifetime, Tim. We will not see them in our lifetime. Aircraft that are flying today and the technologies that they are testing out today will be decades away from being made public, if ever. If ever, which is shameful. Because if it could help humanity today, we should be able to to capitalize on that. And unfortunately, you know, it's not going to happen. And it sucks because I do believe that there is technologies out there that could help a lot of what is going on on this planet. I don't know if we have zero-point energy, okay? But if we have technology that could cheapen, let's say, flights from Vancouver to New York or New York to Australia or Toronto to Paris, why shouldn't we have that? Why don't we deserve that? Okay, rather than making missiles like China is that fly at hypersonic speed in order to evade uh, the missile system that protects the United States. Okay, we're still preparing like it's after the World War II where we're, we're going to be worried about blowing each other up. And you'd think we nearly, you know, 90 years later, 80 years later, we would have grown up from that crap. And we haven't. And it's not just America. People love to blame the U.S. on this. It's not just America. It's the Middle East who's still partying like it's 1499. Okay? It's Russia playing their games. It's China playing their games. North Korea and their big bouncy beach ball trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do in life. Okay? It just gets a little tiring because if we actually work together... Okay, and it's not just boomers, people. There's idiocy in every age group, except maybe Gen X, because we seem to be the only <laughs> normal ones, right? But, but Tim, I mean, with 20 seconds to go, it, it's sad that a lot of these toys that are being played with today, you know, you and me and many other commoners are never going to see it because we're not good enough to see it. We don't deserve to see it according to some people, and that is what really bites. When we return with the UFO report with our good man, Tim Senor, NASA's new push to track unexplained objects, great. They're getting back into UAPs, and apparently there are warnings about trying to contact aliens. Come on. Oh, we're going to get into this. A busy final half hour of Space Out Radio coming up next. How you doing, buddy? Not, I'm so good. I'm going to give you a little pushback before we change topics when we come back. Because I don't think all technologies have been hidden. And we can talk about that briefly. Briefly. Um, yeah, no. Things are good. It's been hectic here. Obviously, whenever there's a, a celebration about to happen in any way, shape, or form, madness. I mean, you know, obviously. And last minute. Uh, costume changes, you know, in the morning before school, sudden decision, like these shoes don't work. So 
everything has to change. It's fun. It's totally fun. It's totally fun. That's great. You guys all go out as a family or does anyone stay home to hand out candy? We don't get any kids here. We, Do you guys everybody go with, around? Everybody with uh, kids goes into town and raids the city oh, candy. Okay. Is that what you guys do? Oh, hell yeah. Nice, nice. But I'm taking off uh, right afterwards, and I'm heading straight to the museum as uh got my final tour of the year. Spooky night. That'll yeah, be a fun, spooky night. It's going to be great. My friend came down the other night from his catwalk. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. He came down from his catwalk and uh, like running down the stairs like do 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 do. Do you film it? You never film on these no. tours, do you? No. We uh, yeah, yeah, we have a so we have a very well, we don't film upstairs at all because he doesn't like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so he yeah. <laughs> he came uh he came running down the stairs. And I turn and I look toward, I never saw him, but I knew he was there. And I turn, I said, get back up your catwalk. I said, what the hell are you doing? I said, we got a deal here. We're holding up our end of the bargain. You go get back up there and hold up yours. All of a sudden you hear thump way up on the catwalk. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I know you like the catwalk. I like the devices that we had up there that were going crazy so fun oh, that's yeah. a great great spot you're so lucky to live near it literally it's right around the corner it's so great peter benton how you doing buddy good to see you and oh little jimmy goodall's here look at little jimmy goodall Look at that. He's been at the black mailbox. We've been there. The black mailbox. Yep. Been there. Mm hmm. We've had our photo up there. Not the original location of the black mailbox, but definitely a really photogenic location to put it. Still takes takes you to the mountains of the 51, man. Yeah, and just know, Jim, every photograph that you're taking there at the mailbox, it's taking of you. That's right. <laughs> it's That's looking right. back. I can't wait to go there again. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a strange part of the world. It's just it's just eerie out there, isn't it? It is a out little by weird. Area 51, anywhere on that stretch of desert. Yeah. It's just weird. Alien highway action. I know, right? Crazy times. Mm-hmm. If you've yeah. never driven yeah. out there, it is worth the drive. Look at this. Cherry Pepsi Mike dropping one on Jim. Jim Goodall is a veteran of the catwalk. Oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, Love you know that's right. You know that's right. How, how many how many books has Jim written? Doing is dry, it dry toast the best name on YouTube? How you doing? I don't know, but at some point I'm really surprised we haven't seen Jim Goodall on the cover of Playgirl. I'm surprised or or Playboy even. Why not? I mean, 
there's like dudes on there sometimes as like total studs. I could when? see that. Or at least an interview in Playboy. I could see that. Mm-hmm. He's that guy that gives the interviews. Yep. Yep. Jim Goodall, centerfold of Playgirl magazine, December twenty twenty three. It's coming. Imagine the size of the fig leaf. Oh, the fig leaf. Oh. oh, my God. Toklad <laughs> and Nikki in Seattle. How you doing? Oh, toke cringingly. Toe curlingly. Oh, cringe. yeah. All right. Uh, big thank you to Louis Times, too, and Random Guy for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love. Don't forget to shop at our store, spacedoutradio.com. We do not have ugly swag, people. Nothing ugly there. Here we go. the final half hour of spaced out radio tonight thank you for joining us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website spacedoutradio.com. we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go. Tim Senor, the UFO report continues right after this. Well, actually, it kind of continues right now, but I just said the wrong thing. Tim, welcome back, my man. And we are going to talk about... My favorite group, NASA. And, you know, I was on with Walter Sterling last night, uh, Sterling on Sundays right across the United States, and we were talking about NASA. And I'm telling you, he thinks NASA's lying to us too. He does. Do you believe that? Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. Um, I know you guys aren't necessarily fans of NASA, and that's fine. Um, you know, we're all do our own opinion recently. Uh, the five star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all in one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With Service Titan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com. Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family, and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state-of-the-art service facility, factory-trained technicians, 
we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with our extended service hours, our pickup and drop-off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. David Spiergel did an interview and gave us a little backstory on why he decided to join up and become the chair uh, sitting on this panel of the independent study looking into UAP. In a quote, he says, it wasn't something I had any plans to do, but NASA has done a lot for my career. And when they ask for something, you go to help out. So sounds pretty casual as far as a decision goes. Kind of a big deal, though. You know, once he got into that seat, he may have had second thoughts on that casual and spontaneous decision. Because as you and I know, Dave, it's actually a really deep and um, kind of an unanswerable question that once you get into, if you're looking for the truth, there really is quite a rabbit hole to go down. So uh, the team issued its final report last month, concluding that although there's no evidence of aliens having visited Earth, there are plenty of unusual phenomenon, and some natural and some are human-made, and they're all in the skies above us. And the more data that's collected to report, well, the better equipped scientists will be to understand the phenomenon. So the same day NASA announced its new director of UAP research, Mark McKinnery, who was previously the agency's liaison with the Defense Department on UAP matters. With that, Spurgle and the rest of his team returned to their regular research, saying that we have fulfilled our charter. And he wrote this in an email going forward in this interview saying we were glad to help NASA with this and we learned a lot worked with good people no regrets pretty to the point and so recently he furthered his discussion with the team's work and the interview was conducted over zoom and by email and they conducted it kind of just to see if there was any more that they could get concerning his interaction with the uh, team that he put together and so he's saying that it's in part an exercise in rebranding. It's also what he's saying he thinks as an exercise in being more accurate because many of the things may not be flying, right? So uh, terminology he's talking about here, also, almost certainly some of them are floating. A bunch of the events are almost certainly balloons, drones, planes, some are clouds. There are some events that are not well understood, but some of them, when you look into them, have conventional explanations. And so the question goes on to say, so you're on record saying that even though something's unexplained, there's no reason to think we're talking about extraterrestrial origins. And David Spurgle's answer is, that's right, you start with conventional things first. So a lot more in this interview coming from undark.com. Dave, you're not a fan, and this is kind of why. And I have to tell you, for this to be the director of that group, essentially the person that was the spokesperson, the organizer, and the person that kind of put all of the information together in a way that was going to be presented, it was a little bit disappointing and underwhelming, you know, seeing as this is the president of the Simons Foundation, right? And so good background coming as an astrophysicist from Princeton University, Um it's it's just very disappointing. So, you know, 
I may not necessarily agree with the whole idea being a failure because I think conceptually NASA should be doing honest research, but this, this is not a representation of that. Unfortunately. Well, well, stage number one for NASA should be honesty. Okay. If you want to know what's going on in space, or on this planet that's flying in here, it isn't about UAP or UFOs. It's about honesty. People look to NASA to be the police and the lawyers and and the the journalists of what is going on out in space. That's what an astrophysicist is, to learn what's going on in outer space and how it's going to affect planet Earth. When you can't get honesty out of this four-letter agency that is run by the Air Force and Navy, that's the problem right there. And more people need to call that out. We got to stop with this yay NASA crap every time they mention the word UAP or UFO or we're going to find out. You already know, you sick son of a bitches. Okay, pardon my language. You already know the answer. And that answer is, you've been lying to the American and world public for more than 70 years regarding your rockets going up into space, your shuttles going up into space, your test aircraft going up into space. You've been lying. And I don't understand why we in the UFO world are so afraid to stand up against NASA and say, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. There's enough evidence out there and not even anecdotal stories, but video, audio, clippings from testimonials that have been put out there regarding what NASA truly does know about this. And it just seems like when all of these smart people come together, they get stupid. Okay? And the scientific community, like the SCU, backs that stupidity. We have fighter pilots who are backing that stupidity. How can all of these people go dumb when it comes to one subject, UFOs. And I am so sick of it, Tim. I am so sick of this topic. And I know you bring it up because you want to get me a rise out of me. I know you do that. It's okay. in the news. <laughs> well, I realize it's in the news, okay? Yeah. But why can't we have some transparency why yeah. can't there be a journalist out there to show some integrity to actually ask these people, why are you lying? You know it. Anybody can go get the information of the astronauts who've seen things. The audio is out there. The videos are out there. Okay. There are photographs out there. Tim, you've seen the photographs. I've been handed the photographs. Three of them. 
Okay. Imagine yeah. walking on the moon and seeing a UFO fly by. Guess what? There's a photo of that. Tim's seen it. I have seen it. Yeah. He kind of addresses this question. So I'll read the question, which is, do you worry that some people will think that if NASA is paying attention to UAPs, then it's lending legitimacy to speculation about aliens and flying saucers? So this is kind of what we're talking about. I want to address his something. answer. Sorry, let me let me okay. just address something from our chat room here. Okay, and sure, th- sure. This isn't a shot at Vanessa in our chat room on YouTube. She goes, Dave, you're full of hate for that four letter word being NASA. You got to let that go. I can't let it go because other people are supporting this. Okay, other people are supporting this this lie. And if we continue to support this lie, how do we get ahead? It's not that I don't like NASA. I love NASA. I get excited when I see rockets going into space. I stare up at the sky each and every night that I can to watch the satellites and to count the satellites. And and I often wonder, just like a, a child's brain, okay, what is that satellite doing? Is it is it putting uh, television in my house? Is that the Sirius XM satellite? Is that something that can spy on me if I throw it up the middle finger to it? Right? Is it, you know, I think it's cool that when I see the International Space Station fly over, I immediately take a picture of it and I tweet it out saying, hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, Did you see me waving? I'm like a child that way because space is incredible. Have you seen the moon the last few days? It's been massive and beautiful. I love NASA. I don't like the way that they are trying to screw with humanity and lie to humanity about what they truly know. And the problem that we have, Vanessa, and anybody else who thinks I'm going overboard with this, is there is more than ample evidence that shows that they are lying, but nobody ever questions them on it. Everybody just falls in their laps like lap dogs to be petted over the head by Bill Nelson and his team of liars. Okay, and and let me say this. Okay. I don't like the way the UFO community calls each other out, especially with the word lying. Just because you don't believe someone's story doesn't mean they're lying. But when it comes to NASA, we have caught them in the lies. We have caught them false or making false claims and false stories. And nobody ever questions them about it. It's like we're not allowed to question them, you know, because we all wear the scarlet letter of the UFO community and they don't have to answer to us. And yet we're the only ones, not spaced out radio, but the UFO community are the only ones smart enough to pose the questions about what happened with Gemini? What happened with Mercury and Apollo? What about the X-15 pilot? What about your other test pilots who saw things? 
What about John Glenn? Bill Cooper? Many others. Story Musgrave. If you want to get into the last few decades. And many others. It's crap. And they're lying. Sorry, Tim. According to Dan Spurgle, <clears throat> he says that we tried to walk the tightrope between, in sense, two communities. You had some people who were colleagues who felt just even discussing this topic was inappropriate and would bring legitimacy to it. And others on the other side who felt that there's a vast conspiracy of hidden alien bases. And unless we disclose NASA's hidden alien bases, we were covering things up. So that kind of addresses the, um, the thoughts that there are conspiracies there and how he felt about that. But, um, no, your your points are absolutely valid, and I was not trying to uh, no no bum you up bringing I, it up. No, no, but, I, I'm just uh, trying to yeah. address the question. But Tim, wouldn't you like to see more of the UFO community band together and call them out for the, for the disgust that they are? Okay, I yeah, I think that the films that are being put out there with evidence speak loads. Darcy Weir filmmaker should be on every major news network with his films, whether you like Darcy or not. Okay. And there's a number of people in the UFO community who were not a fan of him. Personally, I think he's a good guy. Okay. He should be on every major news network with his films, exposing NASA for the liars that they are. That's the truth of it. Let's move on to we're not allowed to contact aliens. Why not, Tim? I love it. Yeah, the search for alien life has been ramped up by NASA this year, of course. And so the experts are warning that hunting for whatever's out there might not actually be the best idea. So, uh, it looks like Mark Buchanan claimed that contacting aliens would be dangerous and advised us not to do it back in about 2021. Now, Mark is a physicist and has done the math. And this week, speaking out, he has said that shedding a little light now here, uh, it could be incredibly dangerous to attempt to make contact. In short, very Comparing this to ants, he said, if they can travel to visit us, their technology is probably way ahead of ours, including maybe having a way to travel faster than light. And along with that, if they don't like us or don't consider us to be intelligent enough, well, they could probably wipe us out quickly. So, yes, this is a frightening prospect. They could be like ants with a queen in charge, like the movie Aliens. Or they could just be like big cats that hunt alone and might come to our solar system to hunt, like in the movie Predator, right? Now, they could also be like the aliens in the TV show V, who see our planet as a resource and want to use us in our water. Or they may see us as a threat and want to destroy us before we get too advanced, like in the movie Independence Day. Now, interesting that there are all these films that have already put out speculation for us so we can kind of visualize all these potentials. But the search for alien life took a huge leap forward this year with NASA 
failing to rule out that many of the UFOs spotted on flying around the Earth were controlled by beings of another world. Now, the space agency even appointed someone whose sole job it is to take on the task of alien hunting. And we know moving forward that astrophysicist professor at Arizona State University has even gone so far as to say that it's completely silly premise once you realize the amount of technology and the magnitude of effort it would take to cross light years of space to fight a war like that. So, conflicting opinions from pretty intelligent people out there. We know that cinema has definitely projected a few potentials at us, but another potential is that they would come a long way, but just watch and just observe. Like this last professor was saying, that it's a long way to come just to wage war. So, Dave, I love a lot of the concepts there. What's your idea? Where are you at with this? Because you've been at this for decades i'd love to get your take decades it's been one decade man one okay yeah okay look uh, trying to should we contact i i think if it's done properly we should okay look you just don't go throw a bunch of of meat on your backyard hoping that you know the the local puppies will come by and have a snack. You could get anything from foxes to coyotes to to bears to mountain lions or whatever if you if you're in my backyard at least. You have to be careful with what you do. Okay? You you don't walk into uh a place and just drop your phone number over all over the place cuz you don't know who's going to call. What you have to do is you have to put out the intention. Okay? You have to put out the intention of what you want. You don't want the bad guys around. You look, not all aliens are good here, people. We talk a lot about the peace, love, and lighters, man. Okay, but not all aliens are good. Some of them want to do things to you, whether it's uh, check out your butt, whether it's uh, put needles in your eyes, whether it's it's other things, break your limbs. We've heard a lot of things. How about how about start taking your children or your grandchildren and you have no control over that? There's some scary stuff there. But if you do get in contact, wouldn't you want to know that it's right, that it's proper, that you're doing it the right way? I would. Right? And that's what yeah. we got to that's what we got to learn. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about NASA on this one because this, this is a personal quest for humanity. I say if you want to contact aliens, go for it. Go for it. I'll even show you how. But make sure you put your, your right foot forward and make sure you're doing it properly so that way you're trying to withhold the bad guys from coming in and ruining the rest of your life and keeping the good ones in that are there to help you. It's very angelic. It's a very, it's a very weird thing. Okay. Indeed. But your thoughts, Tim, we got 10 seconds. 
Oh, yeah. I just want to think further. If we're sending out signals into space and hopefully they're, you know, interpreting it properly, I always wonder, you know, how we send whale calls out to try and attract whales. Well, it's a recording of a whale, but we don't know what it's saying. It's kind of like that. Difference is the aliens know what we're talking about. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. Rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club. And on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this host, uh, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend... We've got room for them, too. Good night. Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family, and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state-of-the-art service facility, factory-trained technicians, we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with our extended service hours, our pick-up-and-drop-off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. Hey, is that the new iPhone 15 Pro? Yeah, it's made with titanium, and the Pro camera is epic. Just got it at T-Mobile. Nice. Yep. And I got their Go 5G Next plan, so now I have the freedom to upgrade my phone every year. Whoa, I gotta get to T-Mobile. Get our best deals on iPhone 15 Pro at T-Mobile.com. One-year upgrade requires Go 5G Next plan, financing new qualifying device, and upgrading in good condition after six months with half paid off.